and good afternoon. Peace and grace to all. It is a wonderful, wonderful Saturday afternoon and there are so many events going on today. Anyone who says Delaware, W-H-E-R-E, -E, is now saying Delaware, A-W-A-R-E. So we are on the map, as someone affectionately calls it. We are in Biden town. Yes, President Joe Biden is from Delaware, and so we are now Biden town, Wilmington, Delaware. You're listening to Rochelle Wilson here at WHGE 95.3 FM, the one and only Black-owned, Black-operated, Black news and journalists, information and advocacy station in the city of Wilmington, now broadcasting in Philadelphia and New Jersey. And so we say good afternoon to all of our listeners. And I do have an informed show for you today, so please stay tuned. Joining me in just a moment... Uh, he calls himself a brother because he is so humble, but in my mind, I call him a minister because of his words. Minister John Muhammad is with me today in the studios here at WHGE, and we are going to have a very in-depth conversation about what's going on. So grab your popcorn and uh, sit back, turn those radios up. Here we go. Let's get started. You're listening to Rochelle Wilson. WHGE, make some intelligent noise. Welcome to the show, Brother John. And I, I, I must call you Minister John. I must. I simply must. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we do appreciate you. And for those people in our listening audience that may not have a lot of experience uh, with who you are and how you move and operate, you are a Muslim. And I must say very disciplined. Uh, you and I have had brief interactions before, but we never really got together and had a good conversation. And so I'm so happy to have you here today so we can do that. But tell us a little bit about what does it mean to be a Muslim, a Muslim man? What is that? Well, first of all, let me start in the name of Almighty God, beneficent, the merciful. Uh, I bear witness that regardless the land, label, or language, there is but one God. So I'm honored to be here with you as a student and a follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Uh, at this great black-owned, as you said, black news station. I'm honored to be with you uh, right now, Sister Rochelle, because we'll remember this. I'll be able to tell my grandchildren, as you blow up, as you said, I'll be able to say I was there in the early days. In the early days. So I want to say assalamu alaikum to the Muslim family. Praise the Lord to my Christian family. What's up to the hood and peace to the God. Yes, I love peace it. I love it. Um, and your, as far as your question, I am a proud member here of Muhammad's Mosque, number 35. Here in Wilmington, Delaware, our great minister, student minister, Robert Muhammad. He's been our resident minister here for the last 20 years, and I'm honored to serve him and work with him and head the youth ministry of the mosque here. So that's what I do. I work with the youth. That's my passion. Coming from Jersey to Delaware, uh, working with our youth, it's, uh, it's an eye-opener, it's humbling, but it's rewarding at the same time. 
Yes. So being a Muslim in a world like this, you may be shocked with this language, but it's like following Christ. For he said in this world, you know, to follow him, you got to pick up your cross. And in a world that's going to hell, striving to be right in a world like this, there's a cross to bear. Oh, yes. But you got to pick it up yeah. and you got to follow him. And so those of us who join the Nation of Islam, we understand that. We get an X when we join. So we keep the first name out of respect for our parents. So we're given the X. So it's like being in a dojo. When you first go to the dojo, you don't give yourself a black belt. You start with a white belt and you work your way up. So Brother Malcolm started as Malcolm X, but his teacher saw him and gave him the name Malik Shabazz. Cassius X, he started out Cassius X Clay, but his teacher watched him and gave him the name Muhammad Ali. Minister Farrakhan started out as Louis X, but his teacher watched him and gave him the name Farrakhan. So I came in the nation, I was John X. And as we grew and helped the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan pull off the historic Million Man March with over 10 million men gathered in D.C., our reward for helping him as young men and women in our nation, we were given the name Muhammad. So it's a name to look up to. It means one worthy of praise and one praise much. That is God. We are just striving to live up to that name. So being a Muslim in a world like this, a striving, practicing Muslim, you have a cross to bear. There's so many uh, distractions. But the key is, is to stay busy in the resurrection of the dead. And that's your protection. Staying busy, and that's what I try to do. You, you are absolutely amazing. And I just want to say for my Christian uh, listeners out there, do not be shocked to hear a Muslim speak of Christ. It is their obligation. It is a part of their religion. You must study the Bible as well as the Quran. You must know to show thyself to be approved. Absolutely. And so I honor you for that. I, I, I've met Muslims that know the Bible better than some Christians. So I I respect that. But you work with young people uh, at the masjid, and that is your passion. And maybe that's our connection, that we both love young people. But you love it so much that you have started an organization in an attempt to help them. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about your organization and, and give us the why. People want to know why we do things. Well, shout out to my brother who was the minister in Trenton, New Jersey. His name is Manatee. He's now in Willingboro right now. When I was in New Jersey as the student minister in a little city called Asbury Park, a little short town, little city with a big heart, in the early 2000s, New Jersey and a little bit of Philly was hit with the onslaught of the gang violence. Um, as you all know, some of you know the history, the Bloods and Crips, they're on the East Coast now, and it's all good. But when it hit, it hit like a wildfire. And our young men, they were so young, you know, we are used to dealing with, okay, if there's a beef, you know, you go to the elders and, and, and you deal with it. But at that time, the elders were 18. Like, your big homie is 19. Like, you're still living with your mother. So it, it, it was tough. But our bloods and crips, you know, they worked it out. It was a lot of death. It was a lot of shooting. So my brother and Manatee, you know, we would work together because sometimes the, the shot callers wasn't in my city. They was in Trenton. Mm -hmm. They was in Newark. Mm -hmm. They was in East Orange. So as we started to learn, we said, man, we got to figure out a way to come at our youth in a way that they can understand. Mm 
So we came up with a language called GANG, and it stands for Going After the Next Generation. Oh, nice. And it initially started to deal with our brothers who were besieged with the bloods and the crypt and the negative way it was coming. And so we used that uh, to get into the schools and it has ref been refined over the years by the grace of God. Uh, we're now, I'm now in Ferris now. We're going back to Ferris now that COVID is, is, is allowing us back in. But gang is generally going after our young, young people with a teaching that is rooted in black power All right. and black consciousness. We don't apologize for that. We know what our young people need. We know that there's certain things that we can only give them as a man growing up in America. So we are universal because when I'm in the prisons, it's white, black, Chinese. I don't deny them. The word is the word. But we primarily go after our young people and we go after them with conflict resolution, which is number one. Of course, bullying, peer pressure, the respect for the female is one of my biggest workshops because mm -hmm. that's that's a big one. Oh, yeah. And, uh, what to do when stopped by the police. Uh, our young brothers, um, they're warriors, but they just don't have the knowledge. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan wants us to give them the knowledge because knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And if you look at our soldiers in the streets of Philly, Delaware, Wilmington, Jersey, they're warriors, but without guidance. And when you're a soldier or warrior without guidance, Nothing good comes out of that. You'll, you'll turn on each other. So you and I may very well agree based on the original uh, times. Our young men at a certain age had to go through a rites of passage. Yes. And I believe it was kill a lion or something of that nature <laughs> or whatever. They had, to, they had to show themselves to be approved. Absolutely. And so they did this at, what, 14, 15 years old? Their yeah. fathers or whoever the village would take them out. You hunt and you do these things. Um, and it was a rites of passage. But now in the city, the, the, the young warriors don't have a lion to kill. So they're killing each other. Uh, at last report from mainstream media, which I, I give only 50% uh, credence to in telling the truth, but mainstream media is telling us 367 youth-related violence death has occurred mm -hmm. in Philadelphia alone. alone. And Philadelphia is only 30 minutes away from here, right? So, you know, we've got young people, young warriors here in Wilmington that are that are going in. We need to find some lions and let them loose on the street. Well, you know, that's another conversation, Queen, because the lions are here, but we have a system that is scared of the lion. So, that's another conversation we got to have, Queen, because there are those who can reach our youth, but because of the labels you put on the line, we're anti-white, we're anti-Semitic, we're blah, blah, blah. So now you put us in a cage where we can't reach our young people because the very lions who can reach them, you've already labeled us as hating you. So... In Delaware and Philly, there are those who can help your youth. Will you be strong enough to say, Brother John, come after my young people? I don't care what they say about Farrakhan. I don't care what they say about Dr. Umar Johnson. I don't care. You brothers have something that our young people need. Would you do that, Black Delaware? Or will you stay a coward and distance yourself from Minister Farrakhan and the conscious community like we got covid and sentence our young men to death because you won't let the lion near your son. 
Wow, that is powerful. And and I know it's another conversation, but I, I do want you to expound on it. And and but let me preface by saying this. I honor Minister Louis Farrakhan because of his teaching and his wisdom. And when you see that the, the government, and we won't put a color on it, but we see the government wants to assassinate him. Whenever he speaks, he has to be protected by shields because we know that there are people who would destroy him because he can bring 10 million men together uh, to stand on the steps uh, of the White House. Four times. Four times. I was at the. I was at one with my little. My son Justin was ten years old for the first one, October sixteenth, nineteen ninety five. Yes. Then we had the Million Family March in two thousand. I was there. I was we there. We had the Millions More Movement two thousand fifteen. Missed that. I was then, at the Million Two thousand five. Million Woman March. Nineteen ninety seven. Yes. Yes. And then we just had ten, ten, fifteen in two thousand fifteen. So here's a man. That brought millions of our people together. Yes. No violence. Nothing. We didn't storm the Capitol. Nope. We didn't take over Nancy Pelosi's chamber. <laughs> Kept them all clean. Yes. Yes. But we are demonized. Yes. So because we are demonized, these nonprofit organizations in Delaware and Philly and Jersey who get your money from your slave master, now you are scared to let us in. To talk to our youth who use your mission statement say you want to serve them, but you won't let the lions in. Expound so, on that. So you got brothers and sisters saying black power, but how can it be black power coming from a white source? How much power can you have when your former slave master is giving you your money? So you talk black until we show up. See, we, we, we're the litmus test. You pro-black till the brothers show up. So, and, 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 and I just love walking up on pro-black, pseudo-black brothers and sisters, <laughs> shaking them. Well, you have no need to fear us. The Nation of Islam has been in America for 90 years. Yes. We don't drink, we try not to. We don't smoke, we try not to. We don't gamble. We ain't chasing men and we ain't chasing women. We are striving in the way of God. We are as a part of black experience as baseball and apple pie. I love it. We're I here. Love it. Teach, brother, teach. But, but, you know, in Delaware and Philly and some circles, you know, you your money is tied to your former slave master. Now, good or bad, now what happens when the Nation of Islam comes on the scene? What happens when Dr. Umar comes on the scene? My brother just had a wonderful event Yes. Last Saturday, I was blessed to introduce him yes. to the conscious community here in Wilmington. He's trying to have a school here, an independent Pan-Africanist black school for boys. Yes. You would think that it would garnish support from all over. But nah, because his power source is not connected to the powers that be in Delaware. And so I would support my brother. Uh, you know, I, I see the chat on Facebook. Brothers is kicking his back in. But I love him. Uh, I love his vision. And I'm going to be with him to see it through, good or bad. I, I will stand by his side and lock arms with him as a comrade for what he is attempting to do. Because I believe that the school is the beginning of a black Wall Street. Come on. 
for our people. So we'll build a school and then it'll be a hospital and then it'll be, yes. And so I stand with Brother Umar Johnson and I do realize, much like Farrakhan, uh, there are the powers that be that would uh, be gratified in his assassination. And so we must protect him like all of the leaders uh, that have come before him and like Farrakhan that people have assassinated Martin Luther King yes. uh, Malcolm X and, and the Greg list Evans. just goes on yes whenever there's a black leader or black leadership that stands up there are the powers that be that want to kill and destroy and we know the reason for that and maybe some people don't but you and I do so I want to uh, expound a little bit more on how can people who are conscious or are ready to be conscious, who are ready to take what's the red pill, the blue pill, the matrix, whichever one it is, the yellow pill, and wake up and be a part of this. I want to get that out right away. How can someone join forces? Do they have to be a Muslim to be your brother? Absolutely not. You know, the scripture says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Many of us read that scripture, but the next verse says, and because thou has rejected knowledge, I will reject thee. Mm. So we have to be big enough and mature enough to accept knowledge from wherever it comes from. When I'm on the streets, whether I'm in Philly or Jersey or here on Market Street or forth, my ears are open even to the crackhead on the street because he got wisdom if you would listen. The so-called wino got wisdom if you would take the time and listen to him. So those of us who are in the in the conscious diaspora, the nation of Islam, we call ourselves the nation of Islam, but it's bigger than us. The nation of Islam is the so-called conscious movement. The nation of Islam is those conscious Christians who are striving in the way of God. The nation Islam only means obedience to God. So the nation of obedience to God is all of us. And any of us, all we have to do is love each other. How can we love God who we have not seen and hate our brother who we see every day? You claim brotherhood. But let me see, Sister Rochelle, I want to share this. See, it's one thing to say you love black people, but how far will you go for your people? It's one thing to say I love, but will you die for your people? Will you kill for your people? Will you go to prison for your people? So there are those of us, that's our life. We're about that life. And so if you're not about that life, but you claim to love us, when you see those of us who are willing to die on it, you get a little shake. It's okay, I'm your brother. Minister Farrakhan is your brother. Don't be scared of us. We just go to the limit for our people. And we go on the corner with a suit on. One sister said the other day, we were on the corner, Sister Michelle, she said, ain't you hot in that suit? I said, yeah, I'm hot, sister, but you worth it. You are worth it. When you go for a job interview, there's a certain way you dress. Why? Because you never get a second chance to make the first impression. So the brother in the nation of Islam, we iron our shirt, we press our suit, we put on our smell good, we get our nails done just to come in the hood to talk to you because you are worth it. So you can go to www.noi.org. You can go to our mosque website, Muhammad's Mosque, number 35 gang. I'm on, I'm trying, I'm fighting Facebook. I ain't on Facebook yet. <laughs> I'm on Instagram, y'all, with the youngins at gang movement, at gang movement. Okay. And that's nation of it. Say that address. www.noi.org. 
very good. You know, I, <clears throat> in so many ways, I don't claim one particular religion. I, I study and I read all of them for my own reasons, uh, to, to show myself to be approved. And I'll tell you, if I could ever marry a man, it would definitely be a brother, you know, with the suit right and with the discipline. But I'm not going to wear the Muslim uh, garb for a woman. And so that's that's where the, the disconnect becomes. That's all right. Just, well, let me say this. When you see the beautiful Muslim sister, she's dressed like the mother of Jesus. You can't even pitch in your mind. Jesus' mother not covered. If you were a woman of the Bible and Quran, covering is nothing new to the world. Now some of us take it to the extreme, but we cover it all the way up here. That's not that's not Quran. That's you know, that's what you want to do. But just to be modest. And when you look at the, the nun, the nun, you know that that's a woman who's striving to follow that book. And you don't have a problem with the nun when the nun dresses up because you know she's trying to follow that book as best she could. Right. So being modest and being covered, that, that's the way of God. You are a beauty to behold. You are a, as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, a pleasurable distraction. <laughs> God has made you yes. to be a distraction. Yeah. So we need you, Queen, to put some clothes on <laughs> so that we can do this work. Right. Well, Brother John, I don't need that. Why well, I got to be covered up? That's the well, sister. That's true. You don't have to be covered. Just like you should be able to leave your door open at night with the door unlocked and go to bed. But we can't. You should be able to leave a million, a, a thousand dollars on your living room your table with yes. all your family over. Yeah. But you can't. Right. Yeah, you should be able to walk around butt naked, sister, and men not. But yeah, in the yeah, in heaven it might be like that. <laughs> but we in hell, help us. Yes. Just cover, and we'll get further. <laughs> well, I do believe a woman should dress as a woman and should be a lady in her presentation. That's all. And I do work and strive to do that That's all. Uh, at all times because I do want to help the brothers and the men out. I do understand help us. that. Uh, but yeah, there. You know, it is a little hot for some of the extra covering. So, <laughs> if it weren't for that, though, I would probably be uh, looking for a Muslim husband. That's all but, right, Queen. You have the spirit. Moving right along, um, I, I just say that because of my admiration for the discipline of a Muslim man. I, I just love the way you are disciplined. I love the way that Muslims treat women. Uh, you know, and I'm not talking about the walking five feet behind and not, I'm not talking about the old ways. I'm talking about the respect that a Muslim man typically shows a, a woman of whatever religion she is. Uh, but moving on from that, I want to get back to another important question. As you were talking, we were talking about people being able to join uh, and get involved. And then you talked about loving black people. And I want to say, in today's world, in 2021, we have a plethora of mixed breed, if you want to call it that, mixed breed children, black and white. They have maybe a white mother and, a, and whatever, or, or vice versa. For me, my mother was black and my father was Italian. So I am one of those mixed breeds. So for those mothers, white mothers that have mixed breed children or parents that have mixed breed children, obviously they cannot, they shouldn't hate black people if they have a mixed breed child. I mean, I'm thinking in my mind that wouldn't make any sense. Would you allow white people 
to be a part of the movement? That's a great question. Master Fraud Muhammad, the man who taught the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, his father was jet black and his mother was Caucasian. And if you see a picture of Master Fraud Muhammad, he looks like a white man. He's high yellow. But he is our savior. So he didn't come to get his father's side of the family to hate his mother's side of the family. Master Fraud Muhammad would be considered in today's language biracial. So here's a savior coming to us, giving us a knowledge system to take us from the grip of oppression that 400 years put on us. Not to hate white people, but to get us to love ourselves. And so if you look at the growth and the maturity of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he told us himself, he has grown. He has matured in the world. When I was a child, the scripture says, I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. That is my favorite. So, I love that. When you talk about the nation of Islam, we have Caucasian people following Minister Farrakhan right now. They may not necessarily be in the mosque, but they're following him. Just the other day, I was on a corner and a white boy rolled by, gave me $20, said, keep the change. I love Farrakhan. And I love, put his fist up. They get it. Yeah. They get it. So I if find we that were, in, in some cases, more white people, when the Black Lives Matter thing came, came out after the, the murder of George Floyd, white people all over the world rallied together to say, hey, we're not, you know, we love black people. Black lives really do matter. Of course, there were some sprinkles in the crowd that were fake. Uh, but the real, authentic white folks, yeah. they were pushing and, you know, going hard. supporting as, as hard as we were. And, and let me say this with Sister Michelle. In, in conversation with those white people who sympathize with us and fight with us, I always say to them, you know, you need to have this conversation at your uncle's house for dinner. And it's good to come in our hood telling us we with y'all. We don't need to hear you say that. Your uncle who the judge need to hear you say that. Your brother who's the police officer need to hear you say that. You need to have that conversation. See, because you know what happens? You know, it's the, I call it the battered woman syndrome. It could be a, a, a man too. But imagine, Sister Rochelle, being related, the brother or sister of a woman who's in a Bad, who's in a, a very, very toxic, uh, abusive relationship. And this husband of hers beats her real bad. Now, she fights back every now and then. But when she calls you to help her, you can't really go in on her husband because you know if you get at him on Friday, she's going to take him back on Monday. He's going to beat her up on Thursday. And if I come to get at your husband, you're going to fight me. See, the nation of Islam, we feel like that brother who got a sister, black America, who keep getting her behind with by white America. Now, sure, you'll scratch your boyfriend. You'll scratch your husband in the face. You'll tear up Wilmington. You'll tear up Philly. You'll tear up Minnesota. But your husband knows that if he just waits... After you do your rant, after he done smacked you upside your head, you're going to take him back. Ooh. And he's going to say, baby, will you forgive me? And you will come back. So as your brother, I got a problem with your husband. Yes. I got too. a problem with white America. 
And then my hatred is not because of the color of your skin, but it is your treatment of my sister who you're abusing, who and you wink at me because you know I can't get at you because I'm going to go to jail and you're going to be back with her Monday. So you know what I got to do? Every time you get your face knocked in, I got to sit back and hold my tongue because I love you as my sister, but you won't divorce him. You keep going back, and so why should I help you? Where was y'all at, Brother John, the Nation of Islam during the George Floyd? We was home. The Honorable Louis Farrakhan told us to shelter in place because this that you call COVID, he said, was a pestilence from heaven. That's a whole nother conversation. And we're going to get into that. He took the Nation of Islam off the streets. He said, go into your chamber, as the scripture says, and we stayed off the streets. And we stayed in our chamber. We fasted and we prayed because we saw what was happening in America. But you want your big brother there for you, but you're going to take your enemy back. So now the good white people, see the good white people are like the cousins and the brother of the husband. After the woman gets beat up by the husband, her, her family come over and be like, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. No, he's my brother, but he shouldn't, he should not have hit you, Shaniqua. Oh, it's not right. <laughs> See, but they're protecting their brother. That's why they come into your house. Because they want him alive too. They're not telling him to stop beating on you. They're just coming to act like we're with you. And so putting that in layman terms, because I do have some people that are young and they listen. Come on. Talk, say that. You said it now as an adult in the metaphor. Say it plain and simple I'll say to it. a child. I'll say it like this. Brothers and sisters, you better know who your enemy is. If white America were truly your friend, truly your friend, then they would do justice by us. What you see happening right now, these are not 60-year-old Ku Klux Klan police officers. They're 20. They're 21. They're 23. I thought we were kindly, gentler nation after Barack Obama. I thought we were past the racial stuff. But your enemy is your enemy and he won't change unless you divorce him. But as long as you keep running back to white people, as long as you keep running back to them for a buttered biscuit and a bucket of chicken, they will continue to smack you. They will continue to kill you until you believe that black lives matter. It got to matter to you. And it starts with us not killing each other because right. they laugh at us for you to tear the city up when a white person kill you. But we've been killing each other all week in Wilmington. We ain't had a march yet. We've been killing each other in Philly. Where's the march for that? So we got to love each other better. But every time Caucasians come at us, you tear the city up. Yeah, you fight back. But then he waits and he gives you a few nonprofit monies. <laughs> and you go right back to your sick, toxic relationship with white America. So the nation of Islam, we believe in separation. Yes, we do. We believe in freedom. We want a full and complete freedom. We want justice. We want equal justice under the law. We want justice applied equally to all system, regardless of creed, class, or color. We want equality of opportunity. We want that. But if we can't get that, we believe we should be separated. Well, you know, <clears throat> a lot of what is happening today is a direct result of what happened in the past. For example, I, I had uh, Council Representative Michelle Harley here last night yes, uh, chit-chatting. I love her. She's amazing. Shout out to our sister. Yes, yeah, shout out to Michelle Harley. Uh, and one of the words that she used, and I, I can't forget, 
red lining. When they did red lining and separated where we could buy houses, where we could be employed, we're on that side of the railroad tracks while all the money is on this side. And then, of course, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Ty Johnson, uh, Reverend Ty Johnson, talked to us about the survey that was done by J.P. Chase Morgan, I believe, J.P. Morgan Chase or something, mm -hmm. that it would take us 295 years to catch up with the middle class white family financially mm. because of redlining. So in order for things to get better, because we know that that exacerbated why our young warriors are killing each other, uh, and we're going to get on that other conversation in just a moment from the paper, but all of these things have exacerbated our young people, yes. uh, warriors, into killing the wrong lions, all right? So speak to that. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. Because it's a lot, right? <laughs> I was just reading the book, The Color of Law. It's a great book and yes. talked about the history of redlining and, you know, brothers and sisters, you know, our former slave masters talk integration, but at the end of the day, if you check the history of housing and where people live, they don't want to live near us. I call it the 60-40 rule. They don't mind you as long as you're at a certain percentage. If it's 90% them and 10% us, oh, Rochelle's my friend. I love Rochelle. <laughs> if it's 80-20... Oh, Rochelle, she's great. She's one of our neighbors. 70-30? Oh, I love Rochelle. I love her family. I love her cousins that just moved. The minute it hits 60-40, it's time for them to move. And history shows you that every time, quote-unquote, good blacks move near whites, they, once you reach a certain population, move away from you. They don't want to live near you. They don't want to live. They want to live, and there's nothing wrong with that. Why are we forcing ourselves on a people who have proven over 400 years that they just will tolerate you? Why don't we set up our own? Why are we, we look so foolish in the eyes of civilized society, forcing ourselves on a people that don't want us? Create our own, like you said, Black Wall Street. Yes. Create our own, make our own communities a decent place to live. You have a great program about the history of the East Side. Oh, when I walked out here, I saw the, the pro-black flags out. But this is, to the young people, this is the Bermuda Triangle. This is where all the murders, bodies here on Pine Street the last couple years, like you wouldn't believe. So something's going on. So all I'm saying is, family, we can do better if we love each other. We can do a lot better, but we spend so much time. I know when I first got to Delaware, this disturbed me. Everybody I talked to, every time we went to talk about solutions to our people, the conversation always turned till we got to go to Dover. Everybody that I thought was conscious, pro-black, <laughs> every conversation went right back to going to Dover. Because that's where legislative hall and policies and not are made. And not only that, but so you're telling me that we can't clean our communities up? We can't stop our young brothers and sisters from killing each other without our slave master in Dover helping? Are you are you serious? How, how pro-black are you? Do you have faith the grain of a mustard seed to say to the mountain, be removed? We believe we can clean our community up. Now, of course... Since we live here and pay taxes here, we have a right to monies this year, but the end-all, be-all is not Dover. I've, I've never been in a city where 
Every all roads lead to Dover as it relates to black people. And I'm saying that's not necessarily the case. Well, I think I'm proud of the fact that we now have in Dover a black caucus of yes, legislators, strong. very good good people who yes. are really championing and rallying Absolutely. for black communities, uh, but still within the political guidelines that, <clears throat> yeah, that they need to be in to survive. Well, let me say this. How do you act when, the, when we come around you? See? Because your president's from Delaware. Mm-hmm. Got Carney and all them. How will you? How will they feel about you if you took a picture with the brothers from the Nation of Islam? See, we are your litmus test. And if you're too scared of us, that's fine. We're a community. Use us. Use us. Let's use it. No, we're a team. When we go to the huddle, we may have to call a play for Pastor Johnson. We may have to call a play for Ty. We may have to call a play for the sister councilwoman. And if it ain't your turn, then you block. We may have to call a play for Sister Sherelle. Fine, we leave that huddle. I'm a block for my sister. But when it's my time to get the ball, you better block for me. And that's how the team wins. Don't call us every time you want us to block for you. But then I got the ball and you don't want to block for me. Right. Dover should know that we are a united front. Yes. They should know, Przicki should know that in this community we are united. The conscious Muslim, the conscious Christian, because we all want the same thing. We want our communities to be a decent place. But if they can detect among the slaves dissension, mm -hmm. if they can detect among the field, the house Negroes, that you all are against each other, then they will play it like they've done so beautifully. And, the last and, 50 years here in this city and, and in Philly and in South Carolina. And we play right into it Don't we? on so many levels. Oh. We play right into it. But I can say, you know, um, I did have the good fortune of not only meeting with Mayor Michael Przicki and interviewing with him. I had an opportunity off camera and off the mic to just sit and chat with him as a man, one man to one woman. And I said to him, and I rarely do this, uh, repeat private and personal intimate information, but I'll say this much because I always protect my guests. I said to him, you're an older white man. I'm a, you know, middle-aged woman, black woman. The older white man has run the nation of America for so long. What do you think about that? I won't repeat his response, but I will say this. Mayor Michael Przicki cares about the black community. And I'll say that. And I have to protect him because of the white people that are listening uh, that, that, that wouldn't like that, that he cares about black people. Now, black people may not think he cares because he is in that political arena where he has to survive. But I can say I am under the impression that if we went to Mayor Michael Przicki with a proposal and had a conversation with him, I believe that he would uh, rally and champion with us. Well, I will say this, as you protect your guests, as you should, why do we have to go to him for anything? This our hood. This our city. Why don't we do what needs to be done to force him and the other politicians to come and say, wow, what can we do to help? See, that mentality system of always going to our former slave masters, that has to change, and the youth hate that. They don't want to regurgitate that. They, they can't stomach the, 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 the appeasement 
of our, of, of our, of our, of our, of our former slave master. So the young men, they don't, they don't want that. That milk is spoiled to them. And but so brother, all I'm you saying know is, that they have they have a certain level of power and authority. And if we go and move outside of that, mm -hmm. I mean, if we even raise our voice too loud to certain in certain nationalities, they become frightened of us. So, so they think we're angry and, and we're, so, we're going to so, be uh, aggressive. But that, that goes so, back to my sister, the appeasement. Why are we concerned about how others feel about our destruction, we're dying. We're dying. Our young men and women are killing each other wholesale during a pandemic. Why am I concerned about somebody outside of my community, how they feel about my community being ruined? Every time there's a murder, there's trauma. The family's traumatized, the community's traumatized. You got all these unsolved murders in Philly, Delaware, and Jersey. What does that do to a community? We're traumatized. So, of course, we may yell and get to city council meeting and not be as uh, politically polished as we should. <laughs> but we're in pain. Yeah. What do you expect? Yeah. So, again, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, we're not concerned about the feelings of our former slave master. We need to get done what we need to get done. Now, I'm not going to be disrespectful, but one thing about white males... They understand how to keep a black female next to them. Because the black woman, your nature is to help. Your nature is to assist anybody in power. So what happened was, when we were conquered as a man, listen to me now, when the black man was conquered by the white man, you, in order to protect yourself and your children, you had to acquiesce to this new ruler. If you ever watch the lions, when a lion has a pride and another lion comes and conquers that lion, the females, they really don't, they don't, they don't rock with him at first. They're like, man, we don't even like you. Right. They're rearing a little bit. But he roars and says, I'm in charge. Yep. He go kill the babies from the other lion yes. to force you to go in heat to produce lions from his lawn. And what has happened is the white male has conquered the black man. And you, in order to protect your livelihood and your job, now you become his greatest help me. Mm. That's why it's called Aunt Jemima. She was always that black woman in the house that held the house down. So you had George Bush, but you had Condoleezza Rice. Mm -hmm. You got Joe Biden, but you got our beautiful black vice president. <laughs> See, he don't fear her because the black woman, you're not made to challenge a man for authority. You're made to assist. That's your nature. Who's ever in power, you will assist. We're not in power. See, so he, he don't mind you, but he fears that black man with some sense next to him because we're here to challenge your rule. We Gee are whiz. born to rule. Now I feel like I shouldn't be his friend anymore. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, <laughs> I, queen, I know, I know. But I, I watch my black women. I watch you among your enemies, and you do your best to just... Because you, you don't want to fit nobody. I understand that, queen. I just can't wait till we take back power so that you can be a queen in your own kingdom and not having to worry about appeasing your former slave master. Kaziki, I've heard he is a good man. I don't deny that. I've been in circles with him. But let the lions come around and let's see if you get a lion some money. Yeah.
when the lions, the lions. So uh, moving on from there, I want to get to another conversation that you and I have both agreed on, and that is that the COVID, the coronavirus pandemic is what I must call it because of my research. I have to call it a pandemic. It was planned, but this show isn't about that. But the <laughs> <laughs> the COVID nineteen has exacerbated our children's trauma, mental health, emotional health. Uh, they're already traumatized by certain, you know, living conditions and just the way the, the climate is. And then you lock them up in houses where they are quarantined. They can't come out. You know, dad is in prison, incarcerated, another traumatic part, part of the family. And, and so speak to that. Speak how has COVID affected our young people and what does Farrakhan say about the save all Tuskegee experiment I'm sorry did I say Tuskegee I didn't mean to say that um, pardon I mean the saving all vaccine <laughs> well, brothers and sisters I encourage all of you the whole human family I encourage you to go on YouTube go to NOI.org and pull down Minister Farrakhan's July 4th message last year called the Criterion. If you've never heard Minister Farrakhan before, I encourage you to hear his message. His message was three hours. He's 88 years young, been on the battlefield for 60 some odd years. Yes. But he said that this virus, and it caught me off guard when I heard him. He said it was a pestilence from heaven. He said, you may have all thought that you concocted it in Wuhan, he said, but this virus, he said this in July, you won't be able to get under control because it's not under you, it's under God. And I said, whoa. And in his message, he talked about how the earth is carrying a burden, excess weight. Now, the earth actually is six septillion tons, which is a unit followed by 21 cyphers. It weighs the same. So even though you build buildings on the earth, the weight of the earth never changes because all of the ingredients are still the earth. But the burden that the earth carries is the burden of sin. Yes. In a world run by America of people who do what we want when we want and don't care about consequences. So God is not to be mocked. Hmm. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said in this monumental address that this virus was a pestilence from heaven that can only be eradicated with obedience to God. He called on the Pope of Rome to atone and submit. The, the, the head of China at that time, it was uh, uh, Trump. The leaders have to bow down, but they won't because they're too arrogant. So you're, this virus is not going away. It's mutating. and They, they give you a vaccine <laughs> to deal with a part of the COVID that has already mutated a hundred times. So it can't help you, just like the flu shot. You can get a flu shot and still get another strain of the flu. Yes. So me personally, none of my children have ever been vaccinated. They've been to grammar school, high school, college. One of my daughters now is completing her, uh, striving to get her uh, bachelor's degree in, as a veterinarian. She's never been vaccinated. So it's not a big deal to me because we just don't do that. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that there were 14 other therapies around the world that has been proven to help if you got COVID. Okay. But they want to force you on Visa, Moderna, 
Johnson and Johnson. Johnson. So, you know, and I'm asked all the time, Brother John, but you don't trust the science? It's not that I don't trust science. I don't trust you who the the science hands is in. <laughs> we got a history. You've been yes. proven to be alive. Yes. When when they came out with the polio vaccine in the 50s, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told the nation of Islam, don't take it. Do not take the polio vaccine. Before the 40s, cancer was considered a Caucasian disease. Black people didn't get cancer. But they found out later in the 60s that this polio vaccine contained one of the most virulent forms of cancer. I think it's SD40. So now cancer's all in our community. And so you want me to trust you with my life, <laughs> brother and sister? Well, you don't even want me to live in the same community as you, right? Brother and sister. Now, <laughs> if, if you've taken the vaccine. No judgment. No judgment. May God bless you. Continue to eat right. Detox. But I'm on guard when I'm dealing with a liar. If you know somebody in the hood is always lying, when they come to you and tell you truth, even if they tell you truth, you got to sit back and be like, hold on a minute. Yeah, I got to think about this. Let me let me do something, because you're a liar. You've been and, proven and, a liar. And one of the things that your paper said was, you, it used the word experimental. And yes. I love that, because based on the research that I've done, the COVID vaccine, and, and this is according to a molecular and biology uh, scientist, has said to us, mm -hmm. the vaccine is not going to stop the transmission of the COVID uh, virus, and the COVID virus cannot kill you in itself. It must be attached to some other exacerbating, I mean, not exacerbating, some other underlying medical condition. I have to already be sick with something. And then COVID can then attack me and perhaps kill me, make me sick. Well, I'll say again, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan told us, we ain't taking your shot. Mm -hmm. And those who follow him, we ain't taking But and I you know Muslims force us, took it. And he said, if you try to force us with your army, that's a declaration of war. So the Muslims who took it, they're not under Farrakhan. They ain't with him. Because we don't trust them. He said black scientists come together and figure out what's best for us. We're not trusting Pfizer. And here's something else, family. Anytime, any treatment, any medicine, anytime you see a commercial for that medicine, by law, there has to be a disclaimer on the side effects. Mm -hmm. So when I'm watching a football game, you know, you see all these different cancer treatments come whatever and then it always says side effects can be and I laugh side effects that kill you worse than whatever you already have but the key is they either have to say it or it has to be in small print at the bottom of the page you notice you have not seen one vaccine commercial you have not seen one vaccine commercial for Moderna Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson why? Because if they make a commercial to advertise it, they must include the side effects. And yes. they know you and I are too weak to do research. So they're flooding us with propaganda. Oh, you should take the shot. Yes. Or oh, do it for the children. It's oh, everywhere. They're oh, hurting us. And so, like, and this is why the Bible doesn't call us the lost horses. The Bible doesn't call us the lost oxes. We're called the lost sheep. Because we move just like sheep. We got our head down. And whichever way they hurt us, that's where we're going. Be careful yep. because Farrakhan said that this vaccine is death itself. You better listen to him. Say it again, brother. You better listen. 
Farrakhan said the vaccine is death itself. Absolutely. And I have a tendency to believe the Honorable Minister Farrakhan more than I will believe Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, or Moderna. I just do. I just do. But we have war, brothers and sisters. So, you know, tie your camel. Do what you need to do. Be responsible, of course. But there are therapies out there. I'll say one that they're fighting right now. It's called ivermectin. Ivermectin has it, it received the Nobel Peace Prize in 2015 for treating parasites in humans. You know, there's a little bit for, for animals as well. But doctors have shown that this ivermectin, which is already on the market, treats and it helps the enemy. They fight in it now. Anything that doesn't subscribe to what they want. That's right. If it ain't one of those three, Moderna, Pfizer, and matter of fact, Moderna is a biotech company. They don't even specialize in medicine. It is my understanding, and I could be wrong, they call me a conspiracy theorist, but according to my research, Moderna, the biotech company, has added nanotechnology into these vaccines. That is correct. And when they inject it into your body, it immediately begins to disseminate to your cells and alter your cells. Alter and your guess DNA. what it has helped? Guess what helps it to do that? The 5G towers that omit small levels of radiation, those small levels of radiation are helping the nanotechnology move and change and alter your God-given DNA. But they call me a conspiracy theorist. They say that I'm the crazy one and that mainstream media is absolutely the way to go. Take the vaccine, man, if I do. <laughs> and, 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 let, and let me say to the, to the spiritual community, you know, my Muslim brothers and sisters, my Christian brothers and sisters, my Jewish brothers and sisters. Yes. You know, the scripture says, come out of her, my people. Be not partakers of her sins. For her sins have reached up to heaven. You got to be able to see where we are in scripture. So for all pastors and, and, and imams and rabbis, if America is the greatest country that ever lived, and it's argument that she is, where is she in scripture? And if you can't find America in scripture, then you may be misleading your flock. We love to say that black people are the chosen. Well, what do you mean by that? Chosen to do what? Chosen to do what? Chosen where? Where's that story at? It's in the Old Testament. Okay, so if we are the chosen people, then that means America is Egypt. And we are the children of Israel. And Pharaoh could, didn't want to listen to the children of Israel. And if we are the chosen people in that scripture, then who is Moses? Moses was a man chosen by God who couldn't speak well. He had a history, but he said, God, don't choose me because I have a list. He stuttered. I stuttered. I can't speak. What black leader that comes from us couldn't speak well? But here's the thing that I love about that story. And it, even though it's a metaphoric story, I love yes. the story. He was a man who said, don't choose me because I stutter. I can't do it. I can't speak for you. And God touched him and a man could speak. He could speak was so eloquently and, and, guess and what sophisticated. Else? And guess what else the scripture says? God says in the scripture, not because of you, because of me, I'm going to give you a helper. Aaron. And he said, I'm going to give you Aaron who can speak well. Yes. I'm here today for all of you that love the scripture. We believe, and this is why we're in trouble, that black people in America are those people, or, and that prophetic 
language, the chosen of God. We believe that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was that Moses who couldn't speak well. But God chose him and gave him a little man named Farrakhan who can speak very well to be his Aaron. And the scripture says, I'm taking you, Moses, and Aaron. I'm giving both of you authority. Go to Pharaoh and say, not integrate with Pharaoh. Not can we get some legislation passed through Pharaoh, but to go to Pharaoh and teach separation. Let my people go. Come on, brother. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to my friend. Uh, oh, my God. I'm so excited. You have been listening to Minister John Muhammad from the Nation of Islam and Rochelle Wilson here at WHGE, the one and only black owned, black information news network and advocacy station in the city of Wilmington uh, and broadcasting in Philadelphia. Philadelphia and New Jersey. Oh my God, what an amazing, amazing conversation. I definitely am publicly inviting you to come back. We have more to talk about. Yes. I want you to keep us up on your organization yes, called Gang. Yes, uh, I just want you to come back and, and just keep talking to the people. Well, I want to say to you, Sister Rochelle, keep pressing forward. You are a part of the Air Force. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that the airwaves are sacred. The airwaves are sacred, so be careful who you let in your ear. And you talked about, you lamented a few episodes ago about what is it you're not doing? You are fighting against a world who's flooding the airwaves with foolishness, filth, and indecency. So in any war, it always starts in the air. See, they, they drop bombs to soften the targets so that by the time the ground troops come in, the war is over. So the enemy is in the airwaves. They're just dropping bombs on our youth. Every other thing is nigga this, nigga that, B-I-T-C this. We're calling each other out. Man, every song is low down. But here you are, part of the conscious community, Air Force, dropping bombs in the airwaves. Don't worry about the views. They're coming. God approves of what you're doing. And if it's his will, you will be Wilmington's next Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> oh, my God. That means so much but to keep me. keep rocking on the Air Force. We need I appreciate you, you we saying you. that. That really means a lot to me. And I will. I will stay on purpose regardless That's because right. of something that a sister said to me. They stoned Jesus. They beat up on him. They That's spit right. on him and ended up murdering him. And he had nothing but goodness in his heart. And what you do for the brothers in prison, I'll, I'll work with you on that. You know, move as a team. You know, when you move alone, you can walk to Philly if you want. <laughs> You'll still get there, but it'd be better to just get on a bus. Yes. It's better to drive. Yes. So a lot of times we want to roll solo and go dolo. That's fine, little brother. I, I get it. But we're all just duplicating. We all want the same thing. So let's just come together. All these nonprofits here in Wilmington, you, you don't realize they play you in Dover. Because you got all these nonprofits, you, you all want money, so you're all scrounging for the same buck money, and then the enemy play y'all against each other. Now you hating on another nonprofit in the city because y'all fighting for the same money. Stop it. How many to. times have I said right here on this radio station, can we all join and lock arms Absolutely. as one? Absolutely. If then if you want to go to Dover, fine. But or to, or to Governor Carney's office here in Wilmington, right. that's fine. But let's 
lock arms, comrades, instead of that organization there, this organization yes. here. Let us join forces. We're powerful and stronger together. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm with that. We are at our last two minutes, and I'm going to close out the show by giving you the last word on gang. Tell us. Say to us whatever it is that you want us to know. Thank and you again, again, how to Thank reach you. Thank you again, family, for allowing me to be on your show, Sister Michelle. Gang movement, at gang movement, going after the next generation. We're going after our young men and our young women through the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught by Minister Farrakhan. We do not compromise our love for our black people, our love for our black women, the love for our black family. We love all, but charity starts at home and then it spreads abroad. So listen to the youth on the street. They're hurting. They're at war. The east side, the north side, you know what I'm talking about. Philly, they're at war. We need some lions to come off the couch. I know it's the NFL season. Come off the couch. Let's get in the streets and let's save our youth. I say stand with him. You're listening to Rochelle Wilson for Make Some Intelligent Noise with my dear friend and comrade in arms, Minister 